Welcome to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb, heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. on 1490 AM, WWPR. And now, here's Chuck and Deb. Hi, I'm Chuck. And Deb. And welcome to Biker Life Radio. We're so truly grateful and thankful that you've joined us today. We have a fantastic show lined up just for you. Biker Life Radio is for those who are inspired to ride and those who inspire others to ride. We are here to reveal the truth behind the motorcycle mystique and bring real life stories that will help you discover your purpose, achieve true freedom, and define your destiny. All right, and we have some sponsors that we'd like to acknowledge today. Today's show is sponsored by... Another broken egg That's out of Lakewood right. Ranch. They were so supportive um, to us, uh, Biker Life Radio and Chuck and Deb on the Reese Across America, as well as that organization. So we are going to recognize and uh, today, again, the show sponsors Another Broken Egg located at 6115 Exchange Way in Lakewood Ranch. And a big shout out to that leadership team, Mark and Sabina. They do an amazing job and it's a great restaurant for not only pretty interesting and out of the ordinary type food. Um, but you can get the basics too. So they have a little bit of everything and an amazing wait staff and service team. So the service is fantastic. Food is excellent. And if you're not sure exactly where we're talking about, it's off a of University Boulevard and it, there's a Publix in there, Deb? Yes, it's just to the west of the Publix Shopping Plaza, okay. um, next to Chili's. There's a Chili's there. Right, I and it's on the a... north side. So it's on the north side of University Boulevard. North, yes, north. North. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, and it's north. And the eastern portion no. of that area. No, it's actually the western portion western of portion. the Western portion. Okay, call me blonde. So now that we've totally confused you all. The address it... <laughs> is 6115 Exchange Way in Lakewood Ranch. And if you do stop by, be sure and tell them that Chuck and Deb with Biker Life Radio sent you. And again, we just want to make it clear that they are off University Boulevard <laughs> yes. on the north side Correct. and they are located on the west part of the shopping center. Yes. So you, what you do is you go there, you take a left. I, I don't know, remember what that street is. You're going like to make it all go to, bad all now. Right, well, I, okay, <laughs> we'll just end it. Hopefully you know where it is. If not, give them a call, look them up. Actually, just get on Google. Say Google. Give me directions to another broken egg. In Lakewood Ranch. And I'm sure that you will get there in perfect shape. And then we want to hear how great you were taken care of and how much you love the food. Absolutely. And also, we're going to acknowledge our other sponsor today. It's Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy out of Colorado Springs, Colorado and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So if you are ready to crank up your engines, put your chins in the wind, knees to the breeze and seats in the saddle, then hang on and let's get rolling. All right, let's do get rolling and let's do this, Deb. Okay. Before we take it over to Dutch and Raw and Apologetic, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and give everybody a rundown of what we're going to have on the show right after Dutch. Okay, so obviously we will be having Dutch with his segment of Raw and Unapologetic. We also also want to be sure and review the weekend of Biker Life Fun and Festivities. Also, we will talk about some upcoming events. There are some new out uh, things to talk about regarding the live wire, so we want to make sure we bring those to our that information to our listeners. And then we've got a great segment about bikers doing good. So I'm pretty excited that we're going to have an action-packed show with lots of great information to provide our listeners today. So you want to stay tuned to get all that. In the meantime, what we're going to do is turn it over to Dutch Van Austin. He is the author of Demons Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout, book number one in the Life Behind Bars series. So you do not want to miss getting in this beginning because I know he keeps talking. He's almost finished with book number two. And I can't Book number two is coming. Book number one was fantastic. Hey, it's still not too late for Christmas to get that loved one that you know, that biker that's out there, this book. Because I guarantee you, they are going to love this book. So with that being said, let's go ahead and turn it over right now to Dutch and Raw and Unapologetic. Greetings from the sound studios known as Dutch's Man Cave, located in the sun coast of Florida. 
As stated, I am Dutch Van Alston. I am the author of Demons Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout, book number one in the Life Behind Bars book series. And I am raw and unapologetic. I am unsure what Chuck and Deb uh, plan on doing next week's show. And uh, for those of you who have may not have noticed and seen all the toy commercials on TV, uh, that means next Wednesday is Christmas Day, as Tiny Tim would have phrased it. Uh, Bubbles suggested that we have an overall Christmas theme today, to which I balked initially. I, like many folks this time of year, am not a huge fan of Christmas. It conjures up mixed emotions in me, and depending on how well my serotonin is working, carrying those messages to my brain. And I always thought, like, I, I envision that in my head. It's like I can just see the, the little serotonins grabbing a file. Oh, my God, where's the file? And running, running back and forth. That's got to be what's going on in my head. Uh, but again, it, it, depending on what I'm experiencing that day and my bourbon input, et cetera, et cetera, I may be less inclined to feel celebratory. Oh, geez, I almost said celibate. Ooh, there, that would have been a good Freudian slip. Uh, I did try to manufacture some goodwill today at work and bring out any intrinsic joy that I may be feeling due to Christmas's uh, so-called magic time of year. But it was met with a harsh rebuke by the administration. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Dutch. Um, being the old school guy that I am, I attempted to dress festively. Um, not festively like those ones who march in the parade and, and all that, but you know, festively, in, in a festive way. Oh, come on, you know what I mean. So I, I used uh, some old-fashioned Christmas decor in my office, and I brought out some old-fashioned mistletoe. And yes, mistletoe and kissing are two words that go together during the Christmas season. Thousands of people hanging mistletoe up during the Christmas celebrations. And uh, a, a little background uh, story for you. The tradition of hanging it in the house goes back to the time of uh, the ancient druids, it's supposed to possess like some mystical power, which brings good luck to the household and ward off evil spirits. And you may have your own uh, definition of evil spirits. I'm talking things like one of my psycho exes. And yes, you know who you are because I know you're listening and I know it's you sending the hate mail because you never could spell. But anyway, mistletoe was always used as, you know, like a sign of love and friendship in the, in the, in the uh, Norse mythology. And that's actually where the custom of kissing under the mistletoe comes from. God bless those Vikings. Uh, we all accept that it is expected to kiss the person standing under the mistletoe. Kissing under the mistletoe has become a common and widely used tradition in the Western world. It would be considered very unlucky for any girl to refuse a kiss under the mistletoe. And you used to be able to get away with that, uh, you know, back in the good old days. You know, back in my day, it started with a kiss from the secretary at the office Christmas party under the mistletoe, then finished off in the back of her husband's Studebaker. That'll teach him to pass out in the punch bowl. I showed her how to use a stick shift that night, I did. I taught her a whole different form of dictation. But I guess the old clutch has burned out since then. <laughs> Oh my, nurse, I need a blanket, I'm cold. Turn on Lawrence Welk for me. Uh, sorry, I, I trailed off a bit. I, I'm, I'm like a walking commercial for ADD, which in my book is alcohol deficiency disorder. Now, I mean, I work with some people and to their credit, they are not snowflakes, no pun intended. And they're not, they're not whiners, they're educated. They don't look to be offended. And, but I know I'm in a work environment, so I didn't carry the mistletoe around and hold it over some unsuspecting female and plant one on her. I merely attached it to myself and said nothing. But apparently there was some whiny crybaby in my office because I was called down to HR where I was verbally assailed at my, quote, non-professional behavior. I mean, me? Seriously? You know, I asked why this was an issue. I didn't accost anyone with it. They told me that attaching it to your clothing was one thing, but when that article of clothing is your belt buckle, I guess that crossed some namby-pamby line that made some women uncomfortable. You know, now say what you will, but I conferred with Bubbles today about it, and I showed her what I did, and I asked her what she thought about it. She um, said nothing, really. I 
waited for her to verbalize some sort of response, but she remained speechless for about 15 minutes, uh, then stood back up, drank some apple juice, and then went back to practicing her stapling. Which reminds me, I need to reconfigure her Christmas bonus. I think I underpaid her. She is a wonderful, wonderful employee, and her performance was stellar. I mean, her performance is is, is stellar. That's what I meant, is stellar. I, I think Bubbles appreciates her position with me. I mean, she has it pretty good here, all in all. I know she doesn't want to blow this job. So that whole thing put a bad taste in her mouth, and... Uh, this whole Christmas mistletoe thing, but she's back in the Christmas spirit. And uh, given my name and my heritage, which are both Dutch, by the way, I should be more receptive to Christmas and things like Santa, uh, since it was the Dutch who actually brought the concept of Santa alive to the Western world. Well, not the Western world, but to the Americas. Uh, go Google it. It's true. I don't, I don't have time for another history lesson here. But to me, Santa is a very flawed individual. He gets such high praise for working one day a year. I mean, think about it. The man comes once a year, and we are all supposed to be grateful. I think it shows indolence and sloth. How does that keep anyone happy? I think Mrs. Claus would agree that is definitely not enough to satisfy her. And then this whole, I see you when you're sleeping, and I know when you're awake. That's crap. Is Santa working for the NSA? Is he coordinating with these little Alexas that we voluntarily put in our homes? We are supposed to revere a man that has a worldwide spy network going on, and for what? To see if we're being good by his standards? And if so, he will bring us a toy? Yeah, I still harbor animosity over getting screwed from 1974 through 1979, waiting year after year after year for that evil Knievel stunt set. But what did I get? I got New York Jets clothes and some stupid Monopoly set with only the thimble as a game piece. Yeah, I remember Santa. I remember. Now granted, I was not a good boy, but come on. Define good, hmm? What you mean is a conformist, don't you? Well, I deserved that evil Knievel set, and I hated the New York Jets. I still do. Fat, judgmental creep. Keep your toys. I'll take the coal with a badge of honor knowing that I didn't bow down to some megalomaniac, fame junkie, attention-seeking know-it-all who can't manage to empty his sack more than once a year. Think about that. I'm supposed to respect the man that has the naughty list for every girl in the world, yet only once a year? Seriously? And, 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 the, and here's a holiday where we extol the three so-called wise men who brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh Okay, what does baby Jesus do with gold? Open an IRA? And frankincense? That's a perfume, by the way. Is that supposed to make the stable smell better? Let's not even discuss the myrrh. It's just an oil. And what wise man gave some cut-rate stuff like perfume and oil while one brings gold? Someone needs some attention, doesn't he? I bet he gave the gold last to make the other two look like cheapskates. Huh? All thou brought was perfume and oil? Well, I brought the king gold. Please remember that the next time your father destroys the earth. Maybe he'll protect me and my family. I mean, I do hope these three wise women followed suit, bringing diapers, a decent swaddle, and some rum for poor Mary for what she endured. Yeah, good job, fellas. Gold, frankincense, and Murray, really? Oh, and, and one last thing, I don't know about Bethlehem, but try to find three wise anything, let alone a virgin, in a place like my hometown of Rochester, New York. Good luck. You can barely find an open gas station after 10 p.m., at least one that's not on fire or in the midst of being robbed. As far as I'm concerned, Scrooge was right. The Grinch was right. The spirit of the holiday doesn't mirror reality. In real life, Charlie Brown would have gotten the beat down of his life if he spent the gang's money on that scrawny, weak tree, and he would have deserved it. And Frosty, who lures little girls into an ice-cold refrigerator train car, would have been better off melted into water in the greenhouse. Leave that pervert there to rot. And little Ralphie? Yeah? They would be calling him Cyclops or Popeye to this day. He would just be Big Ralphie with one eye. You didn't listen, did you, idiot? Everyone told you, you're gonna shoot your eye out, kid. 
and Rudolph and that creepy little guy who wanted to be the sadistic dentist, they would, in reality, die on that island of misfit toys with that stupid train with the square wheels. I mean, who built a child's train with square wheels? One of Santa's genius non-union elves? I mean, I mean, that's my own issue, I suppose. A million of people love the Christmas season, and of course, then there are those who try to politicize it or PC it to death. And then there are those sad sacks like me who overthink and overanalyze. I don't know. I, I know I can be a jerk at times. And those of you who don't believe me, ask anyone who's met me drunk once or anyone who's met me sober twice or vice versa. I don't really remember. Okay, I have bloviated here, and I want to get to a letter today. Maybe two... I don't, Bubbles is shaking her head, or she... No, she's not shaking her head. Yeah, she's drinking more apple juice. a girl. Uh, but we're going to get to at least one. And, and remember, email me at my website, which is contact at dutchvanalston.com. If you want your question right on the air, and I will send you a signed copy of book number one in the Like Behind Bars book series, which again is Demons Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout. Okay, the letter. I couldn't help but be drawn to this letter when I read it because there's really only one answer to it. The letter today comes from Pierre. Oh my God, I'm so sorry somebody named you Pierre, man. I I really am. But from Pierre LaForce of Hazen, Arkansas. Your name is Pierre and you're from a little small town in Arkansas. Okay, how many swirlies did you get, son? But but I did like this question. Uh, Dutch, of all the most ridiculous viewpoints you've ever heard someone say about owning a motorcycle, which is the dumbest? Well, the dumbest would have to be... I mean, it's kind of a vague question, but I, I easily picked uh, some idiot uh, that I saw one time either at Rolling Thunder or uh, in D.C. and Biketober. I don't remember. I don't It don't matter. Um, this guy was talking about why he trailered his bike, which, just so you know, that's an open invite for ridicule. I mean, why do you ride your bike to trailer week? Uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, I've heard various reasons. Some make sense. I know people who bring, like, two bikes, one to enter a show and the other to ride, or they're a vendor bringing all their stuff, working the event. But most reasons don't make sense, and this guy's reason was the dumbest. He said, and I quote, I tow it to keep the miles down, so when I trade it in, it's worth more. Okay, where, where do I start? At first off, I don't get this trade in bikes all the time. I know I'm weird, I do, I accept it, but I can't just get rid of a bike. I, I sold my first Harley back in 1990, and I still see it on the back of that truck going out of my driveway. I still have a key to it. I have the serial number. I'm going to steal it someday. I mean, to me, it's like giving a family member away because you're bored with them. And I, one guy said it to me best. He said about the whole concept of keeping the miles low. He said, that's like uh, not having sex with your girlfriend because you want her to be less worn out for her next boyfriend. I mean, it really is. It's just the dumbest thing I ever heard anybody say. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Got a bike, then ride it or please, by all means sell it to someone who will appreciate its beauty okay so this too comes to an end i do in all sincerity despite the fact santa is a giant tool uh want to wish you all a very merry christmas i I truly do Uh, there's a reason why the festive spirit has grown every year and that is because it's so impactful and meaningful and has with it a lot of strength So keep an eye out for those who are a little blue this time of year, but keep your own spirits up and alive and and enjoy your day. Okay, don't forget to hit like on my Life Behind Bars book series Facebook page. Thank you again. It is growing by leaps and bounds. Visit my website, www.dutchvanalston.com, and peruse my book that I'm ever so proud of. So until next week, folks, remember... If she has a tramp stamp, it's an invite. And from my defective brain to your ears, this is Yabba Dabba Dutch signing off.
Welcome back to Biker Life Radio. Hey, isn't that something with Dutch? He's just another amazing episode. He just seems to always bring it on, doesn't he, Deb? He does. He's on his game, it seems like, every single week. And I love that because that just keeps our listeners on the edge of their seat waiting for the next uh, adventure with him. Yeah, you you never know what's going to come up with Dutch every week. So that'll give you a reason alone to stay tuned, right? Correct. Each and every week. Absolutely. Well, there's a little more because, you know, we... Have fun too. Well, of course. But, I know. You know so, I, what I want to do is give a little insight about Dutch. Oh, yeah, I know. There, there was this big pause. Are, are you, you going to reveal behind the curtain with Dutch? Well, there's a little bit, uh, a little bit I want to reveal. We were just recently at the Hog Chapter Christmas party. Yes, we were. You want to elaborate anything about that, and then I'll cover the part I wanted to say about Dutch? Well, Dutch is absolutely a wild and crazy guy, as those listeners know. He did an amazing job. He took the, was it 12 days of Christmas and wrapped it around the... It was the night before Christmas, I think, if I remember right. Okay, and I have okay, a horrible you're right. memory. You're so right. And he changed it around to do the, the, night, the night before, before the, the hog, hog meeting. meeting. And that's online. That's on uh, the Bike Our Life page on Facebook so you can see that and how well he did. I mean, he just threw this thing together and and got up there and pulled it off, him and Chris. Absolutely. And it was an amazing, again, he took the words that I could not even imagine coming up with and turned it into a poem, um, a skit, however you want to describe it. But it was very well done, very well put. The words and the the storyline was phenomenal. And it was right Perfect, perfect for the for director. The, for, 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 yeah, for Jim, for Jim Wilder, the director. That's who uh, he put it together for. And right. it went really good because it talked about who Jim was. Basically, what he did was uh, roast Jim, if you would, in a way in this uh, skit that he did that actually was sort of like a poem because what he did is had several words that rhymed together and he actually got audience participation. I don't know if he planned on that or not, but he did get a little bit of audience participation. Chris was over there. And um, how would you say? Uh, uh, animating the yes, skit. Yes, he was. Yes, animating is the best way to describe it. it. He was like playing out the poem in the skit. So I thought that was pretty funny. So that was just the beginning. You know, the night was filled with fun and fellowship and uh, games, to name the least. There are lots of games. There are lots of prizes at this particular Hog Chapters event. And if you haven't been, if you're part of that local chapter, then you know you want to go. It's a Minnesota chapter. So one of the last events of the evening is always kind of a t- ticket draw for gifts and there are a whole slew of gifts to pick on the table correct now i'm, I'm going to want you to come back to the gifts on the table okay because okay. um let's just talk about the christmas tree oh okay <laughs> yeah i forgot about that game too because that yeah, was a fun one because we were actually recruited i prefer to when i'm at these events uh, because i am an introvert believe it or not i prefer to be entertained rather than be the entertainment in right. other words i'd like to watch i like to uh, you're not, not participate. a big participating no. person no so it's it's i enjoy it that's the way I like it. I would rather enjoy by watching. So anyway, we got pulled in. Yes, uh, both of and us. to join the team. Yep, Deb and I got pulled in. I think was Dutch and, were Dutch Dutch and, Chris, and Chris already up there? Yes, they already they volunteered were already because, there. you know, they're the extroverts anyway. Right. So we got pulled in and they hooked us up. They set us up with uh, Dutch and Chris. So we were a team. A four, that's, uh, that's correct. Right. Yep. And the whole idea was to decorate a Christmas tree. Correct. And, and you can tell if you want some of the things that they gave us in order to turn the person. We had to pick a person who was going to be the Christmas, Christmas tree. tree. Yep. And of course, as a team, we finally came to the conclusion that Dutch would make an amazing Christmas tree. And so they <laughs> handed a bag of things and you had to use all of the things. Now, our bag included things? tissue paper, um, tissue, Tis- not tissue paper, it's but crate paper. Crate paper. Yep. Right, so, and I then uh, tinsel, we had um, decorating balls that we had to put the hooks on and hang them on the Christmas tree. We had all Those sorts are of ornaments, things. Aren't Orna- they? Yes, I'm sorry, ornaments. I'm losing my <laughs> words today. Know. He had a hat he had to wear, a Christmas hat, and then I don't. I think that was about it. So it was a lot of. Oh, we had oh, bows. bows. We had to put bows on him too. Yep. So um, again, and I think we've got pictures on our Facebook page. So it was quite the fun event. And at the end of the day, we actually were 
um, in the running for number one, and they had to bring right. a second there was a neutral party to come in and pick the winner. And unfortunately, we didn't win. But that's all right. It was yeah, fun. It was a blast. And, and actually, the one, the the gal who won, she was good. But I've got to be honest. There was another guy that the th- the guy on the end. Bob. He actually looked like a Christmas tree to me. I mean, the way <laughs> I mean, they did a great job. Whoever yeah. was uh, was over there, they did a great job on it. He looked really good, and he wasn't even in the running. And you're not saying that just because he was tall and thin, are you? Because <laughs> he was. No, but it <laughs> he just was he just, up I just well. thought, you know, I would have picked them versus us. But of course, you know, Dutch had the personality. He, he was flipping the bird with, yeah, with he was the wearing, ornaments on. Wearing ornaments on his ears, his earrings, and all sorts of craziness. Bows. I think you put a bow in his one of his ears. So. Oh, yeah, right behind his ear. I tucked it in there. <laughs> he looked, I think he should he actually wear cute. that daily. I think he would get, you know, uh, a lot of attention, of course. Yes. But, but what I wanted to say was actually a lot of compliments. So I think he should really implement that into his uh, hairdo. <laughs> oh, his hairdo with a bow. Yeah. That's too I funny. Think, are you, think, when are you going to let him know that? Well, next time I see him, Dutch, okay. you need to implement that, you know, bow, bow with, with your, your hairdo. hairdo. Yeah. yeah. I think funny. it'd be a good thing. He might really enjoy it. And knowing mean, Dutch, he probably would do it just for you. Well, because it's just raw and unapologetic Absolutely anyway. Absolutely <laughs> right. It's how he rolls. Well, that's right. So you wanted to now move on to the gift portion of it. Is that correct? Well, they we did. As you mentioned, they had a lot of other interesting games and there were pounding boxes. They, yeah, they have this. They, I, I don't know that I've you ever know, seen this done anywhere else besides this I mean, this, this was some serious box pounding. They wrap I mean, you're boxes. You talk about pounding a box and just pounding a box over and over again, just really laying into and really, you know, giving it your all in this box and just letting it loose and just really, you know, just really get, I don't know, just getting into it. Just, I'm really worried just about really just <laughs> pounding a box, just pounding it and pounding it and pounding it. Now, don't you think that most people would be able to just pound through a box? So what makes it so pounding and pounding? Pounding and pounding. Why do you got to do that? Well, I don't know. Sometimes maybe you don't have to pound a box so hard. But right. then again, maybe maybe you do. And maybe in this case, it it, it was because it was wrapped in tape, I guess. Yes. And they they make it extremely difficult because at the end I mean, of the box... If you can imagine box any box wrapped in tape that you've got to pound... Well, that would be quite difficult anyway, wouldn't it? Right. And then there's a big box that goes to the next size box, and they're all wrapped in tape, and you're just going through this pounding motion. Oh, because motion you have all these different size boxes, boxes that you can pound on. I mean, right. what a dream come true, right? So just <laughs> for some. You know, that's why they're just going through this box. You we know, can to, move on from to, the pounding <laughs> of the box now, will you? All right. All well, right. If you so say we're so. Gonna, we're going to wrap it up next and move to the gifts, because that was a the pretty, pounding of the box. Box. I mean, Chris was really pounding that box. I know. And Chris was like the lucky roller of the die because he'd always get the box pounding number to come up on the die so that he could start pounding it again. If That's any of you people have out there has really pounded a box, we want to hear from you. <laughs> All right, so now can I move you on? All right, to the I was gifts? having fun. I wish right. Dutch would have been here for this. Oh, he would have loved to talk about the pounding of the boxes. You know, I'm, I'm really feeling bad that we didn't invite him in this week. Well, we may have to recapture this segment then at another time. Well, here's what we need while we're on this subject before we get to yours. Yes. If you got, uh, hey, we had Dutch in the studio last week and we had a fantastic time. Don't lose, don't forget where you were going. Okay. But we had a fantastic time with Dutch. We want to ask you. Do you guys, do you little gals, do you bikers, do you want to have us to have Dutch in the audience more often? If so, hit us up on our messenger on our Facebook page and uh, we'll get Dutch on here more often. But but we got to let people know, we got to let Dutch know that people really want him, okay? Right. So let us know about that because we really had a great time. We hope that you all had a great time listening to the conversation as well. Actually, we did get some uh, compliments. Uh, Dutch did. So we want to hear from our listeners. If you'd like to have Dutch on the show more often, then please let us know. Please let us know. So So moving on now to the gift exchange. Well, it is kind of a gift exchange. They do it in a little bit of a different way. But you get a tag, um, a 
I just am not good with yeah. words today. You actually get a ticket when you come yeah. in the door. Tagging a different, two different things. I know. So. I think you're still hooked on that box pounding. No, we're moving on from the boxes to sure? a ticket. Okay. So you get a ticket when you come in the door, and this is the last grand finale of the night, is they go through the tickets and they call you up to come pick a gift. Now, when you win a gift, you have to open it immediately so that everyone in the audience can see what you've won, you've gotten, what you picked. So Dutch has to be the most funny of all in the well one of the funniest but he started the whole party off because it was a little subdue up until then so dutch's gift was a harley davidson gnome gnome and so it's pretty cool i loved it i actually the minute he came back to the table i'm like man i like that gift so you can only steal a gift once or one gift can only be stolen once so 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 what that means is the next person who whose ticket is drawn they can either go to the person who has a gift or or go up to the table and grab a new gift. Correct. Right? So okay. as the surplus unfolds and the gifts out in the audience continue to grow, you've got more options to choose from. But Dutch was pretty early on with his gift with the gnome. So needless to say, guess what happens? Someone wants his they, gnome. That's right. They had an eye on Dutch's gnome. Oh, gosh. She was like targeted, laser focused <laughs> on the gnome. So she says, I want that gnome. I think even from across the room because he had plenty of time to demonstrate to her very carefully that he had the ability to lick the heck out of that gnome <laughs> and loogie it up and all sorts of gross stuff, man. He was just I, I licking that sucker. I don't know he loogie oh. it up, did he, Dad? I don't know, but he all was... All I know is he just really he stuck his whole tongue out and licked <laughs> that, that gnome like an ice cream cone. Over and up over, and down yeah, oh, and all everywhere. over it. There was no dry spot on that gnome when the lady came up to take his gnome. And she says, I don't care. I'm still taking your gnome. (laughs) (laughs) It was just something, a sight you absolutely had to see. I know it might not be coming across right over the radio, but if you can envision somebody whipping their tongue out and licking this thing with saliva everywhere and then you know, box pounding going on in the background, you might get some type of visualization. You might want to come to the party next year <laughs> so right. you don't miss a, a, anything whatsoever. So needless to say, she takes his very moist, licked gnome, and through the rest of the night, that was kind of his motto, was just lick it, man, it, just it lick it. It was sort it. of a theme that went on that he started, you know, people were either rubbing their underarms with it or trying to pretend <laughs> like they're going to rub their behind with it. Yeah. Um, or some way. And then, then you've We've got Polly. Oh, gosh. That was another crazy gift. One of the gifts was a martini glass, and Paul takes the martini glass, and, you know, he's doing a little fancy thing over there. He's sort of doing <laughs> the Pauly thing. Yeah. And one thing about Dutch's poem, his skit there that he talked about, is how Paul always wins everything. Yes. You know, and anyway, so Paulie, he goes over, and he gets an alcoholic beverage in his martini glass. Sure. And he goes over to his sa- table, and he's sitting there drinking it nice and fancy and sort of rubbing it in yeah. to people, you know, just letting him know that he's fancy dancy with his martini glass until bum 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 <laughs> somebody wanted the glass and the drink that was in it so that was pretty funny when she's like again that laser focus I want that drink and she goes over to Polly and he's like almost dumbfounded that someone's really going to take his drink and I'm like you've just been flashing it the whole flipping time why wouldn't someone want your drink in your beautiful martini glass so absolutely she took yeah. his martini glass and his and it was funny. It was funny. So it was loads of laugh, loads of fun. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Dutch Van Austin, the author of Demon Rising, was the and the radio personality of Raw and Unapologetic was very raw and unapologetic. I think he was just raw that night. <laughs> and uh, they were great because uh, him, Chris, and their, wife, their wives, they saved us a couple of seats because we were running late, so we got to sit with them. So that was a real pleasure. We really enjoyed that. And it was night. great to see all our hog friends that we haven't seen probably since last Christmas. Correct. You know, so it's really a great way to stay in contact with people you haven't seen in a while and see them every year. And it's sort of like a renewing, if you will. Uh-huh. You know, it's like the end of year year seeing people you haven't seen and just bring bringing back good memories about rides you've had and 
fun you've had together and things like that. So it's that time of year, isn't it? It's Absolutely. the time of the year when we when we enjoy these things and reflect upon those things and be with the people we love and have a good time and just uh, get that Christmas spirit, I guess, if you will. I'm not a big Christmas guy, as uh, Dutch talked about in his segment. Uh, we sort of can relate to that. Uh, maybe you are, but don't let us keep you from that. Deb's big into Christmas. She loves Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, we hope that you celebrate whatever you celebrate. If it's Hanukkah or whatever, uh, more power to you. So um, I really was excited to share with you our morning event, which was the Reese Across America. So let's like let get get started. That it's, was interesting. That voice, the tone of voice you just just. So let's, let's like, get started. Okay. All right. So whatever. <laughs> um, we're packed up, ready Leave to go. Alone, and man. I know. And you can imagine it's an early morning. We are starting out before about 6.30 in the morning, out leaving to get to the event just to begin. Hold on. We, yeah. we're, you have to start off in the garage. That's where it all started. I hadn't made it to the garage Well, you just yet. said you were out. I said this we were getting ready to go. I, mean, I can't believe this is happening right here on the radio right now. Anyway, go ahead. All right. So <laughs> we are getting ready to leave. The garage door opens and Chuck The rain says, comes down. It's raining. Now, I was out earlier in the morning, and we had not had rain at that point. So what do we do? What every biker does. We're going to get on our rain jackets only just to make sure that we don't get too wet <laughs> yeah. as, on the way there. So it, we did most, hit, most bikers might put the whole gear on. Maybe some wouldn't put any on. That's true. But I at least wanted we a jacket on. We put the on. jacket on. So we had partial coverage. And um, we went through, I was hoping, you know, through that positive mindset, I was thinking, all right, it's just going to be slight drizzles. We're not going to worry about it too much. Well, we ended up riding through some pretty pouring rain on the well, way. I heard already told you that it wasn't going to rain. And I, I was right to a, a little bit. So but. that positivity just didn't work yeah, for right. either of us this whole entire morning, it seems like. so. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go yeah, ahead. that's okay. So we did end up riding through some pretty pouring rain just to get to and the meeting location. And lightning. Because remember that when we were, I think it was when we were in the garage, we saw a light flash. And I'm like, well, was that lightning? Right. And apparently it was because we talked to Chris later at the hog chap at the hog christmas party and he said he lives out here and he said there was lightning big time lightning going yes on. and even when we got to the actual yes. staging area i remember the lightning because you said we need to get out of the at a lightning and get right. out under cover so we did it was a pretty bad storm it ended up becoming that morning but the good news is is it completely cleared before we actually started rolling out to escort the truck so we did have a dry trip um, not the roads were still a little bit damp, but we did definitely have a dry escort all yeah, the no, way down to nothing, Sarasota. It wasn't raining. Nothing yeah. major, which was nice. But right. And it was chilly, actually. It was It a was unusually bit. chilly with the rain. So, you know, the the rain uh, on my pants and stuff when it got wet and cold out, it was hadn't, hadn't felt like that in a while. Correct, yeah, because I know we were my pants were pretty damp. Pretty not, soaked, not, yeah. They were pretty soaked, yeah. They weren't just damp, they were pretty soaked by the time we were up and riding. So we made it to the uh, actual cemetery, escorted the trucks in. We do well, what we normally and, and, do. And just to back up, we were meeting. The staging area was Home Depot. I'm not sure if you said that or not. So I did not. What, where we met was on State Road 64 at the Home Depot. Correct. So big, huge thanks for Home Depot for allowing the Reese Across America to use their parking lot to stage it because all the trucks were there and that's where the motorcycles came and that's where the uh, the the police were there not the police the sheriff's the department. sheriff's department from yep. manatee county were there to kind of begin the escorted ride down and um yes so the, again i would just want to recognize a couple of the drivers because here's what i think is important which i didn't necessarily i think adequately put together in the last week's show is that these drivers don't only donate their time and effort in order to transport the trucks. They have to physically go pick the wreaths up in Maine, and these drivers also donate their fuel. Now it's not like us filling up a twenty gallon, you know, twenty dollars in our tank for our automobile, no, or you know, ten bucks. or twelve bucks in our our motorcycles. They're traveling all the way up to Maine and back down with those wreaths on their own dime. And so, kudos to Mike Dinkle, Dinkle of Four D's Trucking, and John Risher. Uh, he rides actually as a Snyder trailer and truck. Um, and John's truck is phenomenal. Again, I know that we, we put pictures. some pictures up on Facebook, and be sure to get out there because he has just got a rig that is. 
is like none other out there. So kudos to those drivers and all that they do for the Reese Across America. So we get to the event, and one thing I know that you have done in the past, I didn't actively participate until this uh, year, but we actually start unloading the Reese off of the tractor trailers. And, you know, that's just, again, another way that we can give back by volunteering our services at the event to get those Reese out onto the actual cemetery so that they can be laid in a quick and efficient manner. Yeah, absolutely. And it, what's interesting, and this year there was a lot more. Usually there's Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, uh, ROTC. Actually, I think in the past it's been more ROTC. And this year I think there were more Cub Scouts. Huh, interesting. Um, yeah, and Boy Scouts and uh, Eagle Scouts, whatever. But there were a lot of young young men. Mm-hmm. And the, these are the guys. These are on, They're on the truck, these little guys. Right. And uh, they're unloading it. And this is hard work, people. Right. And then you've got volunteers. Now, I'm, I've got to give kudos i wish i'd have got the gentleman's name he was working his you know what off and he was inside the truck with these young men and he was just working so hard we i ended up seeing him later because we had the same shirt on from uh Rolling Rolling Thunder Thunder, right in May uh, in Mm -hmm. DC and I happened to say to him hey nice shirt and then I recognized it was the guy that was working really hard inside the trailer that's a lot of work I I don't know how long what are those trailers how long are they I don't know they're I I don't know 25 50 foot uh, they're huge (laughs) and what people don't realize is even though the weather's cool here the boxes of wreaths are probably 12 wreaths if I were to guess I don't know exactly but they're probably up to knee height they're good size box and the those boxes, when they came out, I even had to make a comment because they were extremely hot. They're warm. Yeah, They're there's warm. like steaming in a way. Yes. And I actually felt that a couple of different times. And so just imagine that not the not only are those wreath boxes so hot, but that heat is stuck inside that trailer. That's right. And they're hauling those from all the way through the entire trailer to the back, out to the front to give them to volunteers to it, go lay them out in the cemetery. And this was really hard for me because there's a proper way to do it. And the first truck we went to, they weren't doing it the right way. In other words, I don't know if the right word is chain gang or but you what you pass it from one person to the next. And these poor guys, including the guy that I mentioned, they were walking all the way back to the end of the truck, then walking to the front. Right. And they were doing them individually, whether they should have uh, set up like a chain and right. just passed it, passed it. And we should have been doing the same right outside the truck, just passed it from one person to the next. It would have taken a lot less energy and it would probably be more efficient. But I'm just not the kind of guy that's going to speak up and say anything. And maybe I should have, but I, I'm just, I just wasn't going to do that. Right. Well, my, good, I didn't feel it was my place. And after we emptied that trailer, we actually went yeah. to a second trailer that had their efficiency oh, down yeah. top notch. And it's like, as soon as we got in that line, it was almost over. Of course, it was already half emptied because we'd been at the other one. Correct. But yeah, they had that system down pretty good, but they could have done the same on the outside of the truck. Now, I don't know why I'm sitting here saying this, but <laughs> I just have my little things, I guess, that bug me that I wish could be a little bit more efficient. But if they would, they were doing this that inside the, the truck, right. if they would have just done the same outside the truck because people were already lined up Correct. all you had to do is turn the line a little bit to where the to where the boxes needed to go and everybody just just pass them pass them from one person to the next so Correct. hopefully next year maybe they'll have get some coordination out there and get that down but other than that i mean all i'm just saying is i'm a weird dude yeah well you are yes you are and you're all about efficiency and that was the second truck was much more efficient so we would walk up to the front of the line someone would hand us a box that was already on the outside of the truck and then they had a split there were two lines but one one line would go to the right and one would go to the left. So they were much more efficient and functional. And we got through that that truck pretty darn quick. Yeah. So then what happens? Then we finally so we go the back. the ceremonies, right? We, we go back. We connect with our daughter and grandson. We're up now. The ceremony is getting ready to begin. We're midway through, I think, that ceremony. And I continued as a rider. I'm always watching the sky because I don't have GPS on my motorcycle yeah, and a, all that stuff. It's just it's a, a habit. habit. Yeah, I was doing and the so same thing. And so I'm looking thing. at the sky and I'm watching these clouds kind of gather and I saw it coming, I saw it coming and all of a sudden, guess what? That beautiful... Not not quite like that. Okay. Because you hear people on the other side of the the stadium, I guess you would call it or whatever that is, the stadium and you hear people making noises and I said, oh, here it comes and the guy next to me said, yep. (laughs) 
because you hear people. They're right. starting to react. The movement's happening. They're making noise. So you know the rain's on the other side and it's coming our direction. Correct. And sure enough, it did. And the you know what I I felt really horrible about is because this was actually the ceremony portion of the ceremony where the representatives were walking down, placing the wreaths um, from For all the different service branches, branches yep. and things like that. So it was a very active time. And many of those, I, I noticed as the rain came and everybody's trying to get under shelter, uh, several of those gentlemen that had already, the service members that had already walked up there just stood dead still in the rain. And so again, kudos to them before right. they realized and we all kind of did what we had to do. And then, uh, you know, Misha, was it, Deb? Was it Misha that, that you want to talk to, that you've talked to before? I did. Me, Misha um, actually is the organizer of that event as far as from the wreaths are concerned and coordinates with all of those out at the cemetery to make it all happen. And they, together as a team, do a phenomenal job of coordinating yeah. that event. Absolutely. She did fantastic. Everybody there did a fantastic job. But what I wanted to mention was that she brought up that when it started raining mm -hmm. about how all the you know the fallen people that were there to to um, not celebrate uh, recognize to honor to honor Correct, thank yes. you sometimes I can't find the right words which is quite often that she said that those people that were there to honor had actually been out in weather a lot worse than, than what we were we standing in mm -hmm. and so you know it, couldn't we give just a little bit for them since they had given so much to us because you got to imagine they were probably more through than anything we could imagine so absolutely right it was and well so worth we it to be there you know I, I noticed our natural human reaction was to kind of pause and everything did stop. Everyone was going for shelter. There was no lightning, which was wonderful, but it was oh, just heavy goodness. downpour rain. And so she did, after a period of time, realized, you know what? The service members we're honoring didn't have a choice as to when they went for what weather conditions. So, you know what? Let's continue to honor them and no matter what. And guess what? It cleared up. It was wonderful. It was just became an amazing sunlit. It when really the time did. was to lay the wreaths, the yep. sun was out, the sky were clear and it was a fabulous time to honor our service members and lay the wreaths. It really was. And we got to see good friends there that we hadn't seen in a while. We saw Lee from the West Coast Full of Riders. It was great to see him there. We saw Polly again and Barb right. from the Hog Chapter. And we saw a lot of other great people there. Uh, Jim and Wendy we saw. So mm -hmm. it was great to see. It's always an event. It's like I said to Polly, if if there's one event I know I'm going to see you at all year, I guess it would be two <laughs> because it <laughs> happened last year. And it's a, it's a resource across American in the hog chapter. So Correct. Christmas and, you know, party. kudos to Polly for doing that, too, because he was not a service member. His father was. And it's his way, again, to kind of give back just like we do to the service members that are no longer with us. So, yep. And he got to hold our grandson, Alexander. There's some really great pictures with him that our daughter, Nicole, got. So that turned out really cool. And it's very special um, that we were there and it turned out the way that it was. So that I, I was just I was really pleased. By you know, that. and the one thing I just want to mention, because her big takeaway not only was he had an opportunity to start his tradition of doing this every year with us at three months old and you know she had been doing with it for several years but when that rain came strangers helped pick up his oh, stroller yeah. and move everything and make sure she got under the cover make sure that he got under the cover Actually, and the the old saying is it takes a tribe to raise a child today she learned that lesson i think you know 100 percent is that it does take an army of all types to kind of gather around and raise our children and actually it was nice to see because everybody was really helping other people. Yes. It really was. Um, so it's always really neat when that happens. And it doesn't have to be that time of the year for it to happen. It just has to be people being kind Pe and right. nice to other people. And it's really a great feeling. It was uh, a quite an honor to be there participating. I love that event. Sometimes I, I whine. <laughs> <laughs> but I always you? get up in the earlier in the morning <laughs> and whether it rains or shines, we're going to be there Correct. and we enjoy be there. We want to encourage you. If you've never had the opportunity to do the Reese across the America ride, either in a motorcycle in your vehicle or just, you know, you know, show up later. You don't even have to be part of the escort, but show up later because the presentation, Maverick Johnson with um, CTQ, CTQ. fabulous job. Every year he does a great job. Everybody there does a wonderful job. These people don't take this lightly. The The person that runs the place, he's pretty good yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's got it covered. So we want to encourage you to come out next year, make plans this year, actually donate this 
this year uh, for the Reese. And this happens all across the nation. So as you're listening in uh, other countries, it's probably not happening in some of the countries, uh, though we appreciate you, uh, but it is happening across the United States. So reach out to your areas. Look it up, Reese Cross America. I'm sure Deb's got some information on it. But I assure you that if you go out there and you place a wreath, and the important thing about placing a wreath, um, and I'm, I won't, don't want to do it any injustice, is that you say that person's name and their rank. Correct. As you put the wreath down so that their memory never dies. I love that when they brought it up. You know, a person, the only time they die, they die twice, they said. Mm-hmm. I think it was Maverick that says it. They die twice. The first time, the physical death. The second time, it was when there's nobody left to repeat their name. So what we do is we continue to repeat their name every time you go out and you participate with wreaths across America. You have an opportunity to keep that soldier, that airman, that Navy person, that U.S. Guard, you know, all those servicemen alive. Correct. And, and their memory you, alive. And what I don't want to bypass very lightly is, yes, we've already laid the wreaths for this year, but what people don't realize is that those wreaths next time have to be cleaned up. So I believe in our local area, January 11th is the date for cleanup. It's all going to happen right as the sun is rising. So if you can make it out to the cemetery, they did recommend bringing Rooms so that you could just scoop them up and hold them easily. But again, those cemeteries need to get back in order for the next part of the year. So again, you may have missed laying them, but if you want to participate, you certainly can help with the cleanup process January 11th. They definitely need help. We'll be out there if we can make it. We don't know what your schedule is at this point, but Deb, we've got to go ahead and take a quick break. Why don't you wrap it up here? Be sure and visit wreathsacrossamerica.org to go ahead and get started so we can begin the fundraising for next year and you can be a participant now. I want to be sure and mention because I just read an article about the Livewire. Now, we have mentioned this show, this series before. And what's interesting is it's just now also including the live wire. Now, Ewan McGregor and Charlie Boersman do the show series called The Long Way Up. Now, this is all about adventure riding. And guess what they did this time? They were trekking from the south tip of Argentina about three months ago, all the way to the destination of Los Angeles, and they were riding Harley Davidson live wires. Yeah, well, that's got to be exciting. Yeah, super cool. Now, did they turn the the live wires into like a uh, adventure bike? They did do some outfitting specialty stuff to make it more roadworthy for their type of trip. You know, so, I just can't imagine. I mean, I guess I can imagine. That's really what's got me going here is as fast as those live wires went. When we were riding them, right? Oh man! Can I you imagine doing some adventure riding oh, on that? Say, bad as a matter of fact, I thought I saw some adventure bikes that were there, but I don't. You know, must have been just the the live wire. Yeah. But that's what I said. I said if Harley could go come on out with an adventure bike, that might be pretty cool. And they but, are. So we talked about that before. But here's yeah. what they did to the live wire to outfit it as kind of a dual sport type bike. They actually did a handlebar guard, and they increased cargo storage and some dual sport tires were a few of the things they did among a whole bunch of other things. So again, we rode with street tires. Can you only imagine that with some no- dual knobby little oh, is that, they, so they put the tires on, on there? Yeah, yeah they the knobby to, tires. Obviously, because right. street bikes aren't going to make it cross country on the rides that they do. Correct. So. And you know what people need to realize is that they're doing these trips and travels for fun. So they're really taking their time on the journey. And I know when we were watching the show, there were a lot of terrain that was like non-desirable to ride oh, on yeah. and so i'm really curious and interested well, to see this segment of the show that's I why they're adventure bikes i right. mean you know it's all an adventure and i can't wait to get my adventure bike i really I re- i'm really looking forward to getting an adventure bike me I too mean, i like riding on the street but i can look forward to digging some doing some adventure riding I, that's gonna happen i know For, and i me too i've never done any kind of riding like that so i'm pretty stoked to kind of kick the tires so to speak and get on that bike and and try it out. And but, I just can't imagine doing it on an electric bike, especially the way the live wire is, because there's no shifting. Right. Ha, think about what a comfortable way Correct. to do some adventure riding. And if that thing's got, it, it has to have some torque, obviously. Right. Well, with the speed that it did to be able to go up hills and mountains. Yes. And to be able to do, it doesn't, you don't have to worry about water. Right. And it had those you know? four different modes to pick from. So depending Correct. upon, you know, you just change you what go. mode you're riding in and guess what? The bike's ready to roll. That's right. So this particular trip took them around eight. 
thousand miles. So those of us that like thought maybe the motorcycle was not made for long distance, we may need to reconsider. I don't know. Um, and then the one idea is though that city range on the live wire is typically about 146 miles. Um, and this is what was reported. Again, I read the article in the Electrek um, magazine article online. So if you wanted to look into that a little bit more, Electrek was the where the article was written. Um, good stuff. I was excited to see the live wire back in the news again on something a whole different <laughs> you know, way of traveling. Now that we've ridden the live wire, I yep. have a different respect for it. Okay. Now, I do have to get over the charging that has to be done and that kind of thing. And I don't, you know, they must have had, they had a crew, support crews. They that, did. They were talking about electric trucks that were their support to. trucks to support them on the adventure. So, yeah, definitely had to. But what people don't realize is within, I think, about what is it, 50 minutes, I said, that you can actually have that up to 80% recharged. So I think that's pretty fast and easy, even if you're going a long way, you know, it's a place to is stop. Is that true? I mean, I yes. thought the last time we talked, it was like this big, long time that it took like eight hours I to charge I think if you it. plug it into your regular wall electrical outlet, it takes much longer than if you have this um, supercharging component to it. So I think there's just a diff two couple of different ways of charging from what I recall. Okay, because that would make a world of difference. Yes. For sure. Yes. Another part of this time of year that I think is critical to recognize is more than ever about bikers doing good. Critical? Now, critical. Okay. Oh, it doesn't have to important. be critical. Important. Yes. Right. Um, go ahead. Whatever. So I was it, trying to, th you know, think of a word that Dutch critical, might be able to come with. man. It was important. It's critical. I'm not so sure. Important. Right. Um, I can't come up with a word. All right. right. So we're going to talk about critical. bikers doing good that's critical <laughs> in our area because our Very local important. hog chapter, Minnesota hog chapter, raised over $2,300 for the flight for the North Pole. Now, this particular charity, which I think is even more more amazing to a story is that it was a partnership between Feld Entertainment, oh, I didn't know which that. is a local employer in the area, does a lot of big I stuff. Didn't. Most people wouldn't know who Feld is, partnered with Manatee County Sheriff's Department in order to for uh, support and provide gifts for 150 children in our local area that suffer from terminal illness and disabilities. So the cool thing was, was that each child is able to actually visit with Santa and received a bag of toys from things that were on their wish list. So it's not just a random bag of gifts. It's things they actually wanted for Christmas. And I think that's an amazing partnership between all of the sponsors and people that donated, including Manatee County Sheriff, as well as Feld Entertainment created this winter wonderland for the children. And kudos to the Hog Chapter for participating in that and all the people who donated because it's a world of difference. Again, here we are. There's this mystique about bikers out there that bikers are somehow, some way, bad people. <laughs> but in all actuality, if I could say that correctly, we're actually very good people with big giving hearts. Yes. And we want to give back to the community. The motorcycle community gives back quite a lot to their local communities so when you see a biker if you're not a biker you're listening to the radio right now and you're thinking oh these bikers they're making all this noise they're doing all these things well yeah we like to have fun there's no doubt about it but we also like to give back to our communities and we have a big investment we have a big heart and we care about giving back so we're gonna bust that mystique i just did i just slammed it on the floor busted its head <laughs> wide open yep. and we're moving right on. Also, we want to make sure that everyone uh, puts on their calendar January 30th. Some good friends of ours, the Rocking Roadshow. Um, oh, this is, is a good one. This is yeah. an excellent one. I, I'm so excited. But they're actually doing a bike night at the Kilted Axe. Now, that's Kilted um, Axe. And that address is 6027 Wesley Grove Boulevard up in Wesley Chapel. So I'm sure Wesley that a lot of the Chapel. West Coast Florida riders that are up in that north yeah, they got the area Psychos or something, I think, are up there. Yeah, they call them something. Yeah. I think that's what it is. <clears throat> 
So, so that particular bike night is 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., which is a Thursday on January 30th, sponsored by the Rocking Roadshow. And yeah, the Rocking Roadshow, you got to follow them. They have a video podcast, and they actually turn it into a podcast, so you can follow their podcast. So look them up on Facebook. It's the Rocking Roadshow with Al V and 1-3. Yep. Actually, these guys are just fantastic people. They've always been there for Deb and I, and they actually encouraged us when we first met them to do what we're doing here today. Yes. And so we have a real big connection with them, and we want to stay connected with them. So we want to encourage you, the bikers, even if you're not a biker, go out, check it out at the, what's it called again? The Kilted, Kilted, Kilted Axe. Because that's going to be a lot of fun. So that's you get to have some axe throwing competitions. Matter of fact, I just watched some the other night on the TV. Thought it was a little hokey because, like Deb said, you know, in our imagination, we think it's far away, but they're sort of up close. But it, it looks, it'll be fun anyway. It's okay. And, yeah, they, and by the way, the Kilted Axe, I think I saw it's owned by veterans. Okay, awesome. So another Even good better. reason to go out and participate. Absolutely. So the last and, and final event I want to be sure everyone puts on their calendar is Thunder by the Bay, which is February 14th through 16th at the Sarasota Fairgrounds. So, so be sure and put that on your calendar. That's going to be a great event, again, at the Sarasota Fairgrounds. We are always disappointed that it's not actually downtown in Sarasota, but the event uh, promoters, the Sarasota, the Suncoast... Charities uh, for Children's. Charities for Children. That's not up to them. Sarasota booted them out so right. to speak um, but it is still a great event there's lots of vendors they're going to have fun. some fantastic bands right uh, there's going to have some show bike shows there's camping we're I, i'm not sure if we're going to be camping yet we're going to see what we can do yes but we want to encourage you to go out and participate because this again is bikers doing good yeah, you're a biker if you're right. listening so be out there get your biker friends show up have a good time and remember what it's all about it's supporting the sun coast charity for children charities for children so you're helping children now. As we wrap up, be sure to follow us on Facebook and our website, bikerliferadio.com. Be sure and click share and subscribe. Thanks and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. See you soon. You've been listening to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb. Heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. right here on 1490 a.m. WWPR. We thank you for listening and invite you to join us next week.